This is Faithful Vision Podcast. Uh, my name is Pastor Michael Bell, joined with Pastor Josh Patrick. And tonight we are talking about being a pastor. And tonight it's going to be more of a, a laid back thing, um, a little bit less preachy. I, we were just talking a second ago. And I said, well, as a Baptist preacher, you're used to preaching to everybody. And so, and so you're always defending the faith, you know, or, or preaching about something. So tonight's going to be a little bit more conversational. I've been doing a lot of traveling recently, a lot of deer hunting. Thanksgiving was awesome. Got to go see some friends. And so tonight's going to be a little bit more conversational, but um, the, the inspiration for my thought that I wanted us to talk about as friends um, comes from just some conversations that I've been having recently with, uh, with, um, preachers, uh, younger preachers who, who have felt a call of God on their life to, to go into the ministry, but, but they feel discouraged. They're not where they want to be. And they feel like they're, um, um, the devil's attacking them, you know, to where they don't feel like they can even enter the ministry because of the barriers that exist there. So anyways, this is kind of the intro and, uh, I'm I'm a little bit under the weather tonight, so I told Brother Josh I'd let him do most of the talking. So take it away, Brother Josh. What's on your mind? Sure. Well, I think um, you know we, as you pointed out, I think we want to do be uh, an encouragement to younger pastors, especially or younger guys that aren't pastoring yet, um, but definitely have that desire to do so. And maybe there is some kind of roadblock, and there is something in their way, whether it's the um, churches they've candidated at. Or it could be that they're just sending their resumes and nobody's calling them. And we've both been there. We have uh, we have definitely done. Uh, we've definitely been down that road of uh, sending out our resumes and making phone calls and making the trips to churches and so forth. And so it it, it can be a stressful time, especially if you already have your own uh, family, your wife and children, and so you want to be somewhere, settle down. And um, yeah. so I, I think we can outline a couple of things here to help our young fellows out there that are, are, are th that their desire is to pastor a church. And uh, first of all, I think it would help if we define what a pastor is. Um, you know, there's what the what the Bible says. We have First Timothy chapter three and Titus chapter one. We we go to those often when we're talking about the uh, qualifications of elders, bishops, pastors, whatever uh, name you want to put there. But even culture has some thoughts. Uh, our, our, the culture today, rather, and, and uh, folks today that are not Christians, folks that aren't certainly not Baptists, but even folks that aren't even Christians, they have their own definitions, if you will, or their own thoughts on what a pastor should be. And uh, we have, uh, as, as a Baptist pastor would do, I got three points for you. I got three R's. And uh, something, yeah, perfect. So uh, the first R, number one, is that the the culture. This is again, culture believes this is what they believe about what a pastor should be. Is that first of all, number one, they're reliable in the sense that you can count on them uh, when you need them to pray for you. If you're calling them and saying, "Hey, I've got a grandma that's in the hospital. I've got a brother that got in a car wreck. Those sorts of things." That they can pray for you. Uh, they can visit you if you happen to be the one in the hospital, or if you happen to have someone you know in the hospital. Those sorts of things, even for counsel. Uh, if you're going through a, a tough time or you're going through a time where you just don't you have more questions than you have answers, uh, we, you rely on pastors for that. And just to just the disposition of being available, just to know that, hey, you know, I, I don't have a lot of folks that I can talk to, but I know I can talk to my pastor. He's going to be available. Uh, yeah. If I even if I call and leave a message, he will call me back. It's just the disposition of being available. The second R is that they're resourceful mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, they are 
they have an affinity for reading. They have an affinity for researching and looking up things uh, and just just bent towards careful study and being able to take time and examine the Word of God and examine different sources, uh, even on the Internet that can help give some beef to their messages. Um, they're very careful about study and uh, that uh, some could say they, they even should be up to date and informed about current events. And that, uh, you know, the, the newspaper seems to be, be uh, becoming more obsolete, but we definitely have Google and we have other things so that it helps us as pastors to stay informed. Hey, this is what happens to this is what's going on in the White House. This is what's going on in economy. This is what's going on in culture. And just to be able to be informed so that it helps us deliver our message. And then the third R is to be uh, reputable. And this is what culture believes a pastor should be is reputable, that he's worked successfully to build a strong uh, and noteworthy reputation in his community. In other words, he's well-liked, he's well-known. Uh, most of the community members know who he is. You know, he might happen to go to some local community events like the local high school football game or uh, somebody's ballet dances or those sorts of things. And, um, you know, he also doesn't air his dirty laundry out in public. I think that's something that not just pastors, but people in general obviously ought to get behind and that his private life stays private. You know, that he does maybe with his maybe with the deacon board or something that he does call upon them to pray for him about a particular situation in his life but for the most part they keep their private life private and any messy details should just kind of stay out of the way but that's what that's what culture generally uh expects out of the man of god that he's reliable that he's resourceful and that he's reputable and uh you know again we go to uh 1st Timothy chapter 3 and and Titus chapter 1 in regards to God's definition and God's uh, set qualifications uh, for the man of God. And uh, I'll just quickly read uh, just a few verses in 1 Timothy 3 and give some backdrop to it, and then I'll let Brother Mike say a few things. But we know it says in 1 Timothy 3, 1, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And that's a good start. You know, for you young guys out there uh, that are looking for an opportunity, God's going to reward you for that. that just, just the fact that you have a desire to be a pastor, a desire to preach the Word of God. That's something that God sees as, as definitely something he can use. And the uh, chapter goes on, verse 2, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no uh, striker, uh, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all uh, gravity. I'll skip down to verse 6. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. And so these are uh, qualifications for the man of God, and that uh, we, we won't take time to define each one, otherwise we'll be here all night. But definitely take some time in your own spare time to uh, examine those. Uh, but that God has some different things that we ought to consider and that there are some people uh, that don't meet those qualifications, and that's fine. You know, for whatever the case may be, God may have a different plan for them. Uh, there are some guys out there that I've met over the years that God has called them to be a second man. They have the skills necessary maybe to pastor a church. Uh, they may have eloquency in speech. They may have uh, done a lot of research, and so they're smart, they're knowledgeable, uh, but for whatever reason, God has called them to be a second man. Maybe God has called them to music ministry. God has called them to nursing home ministry. God's called them to be a, a faithful Sunday school teacher, whatever the case. That's perfectly fine. And that's why the Word of God lays out for us these qualifications. Again, First Timothy 3 and Titus 1, for those that need those um, references. Then I went back and I studied uh, 
passage in the Old Testament with the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 3, and this is uh, a passage you'll find uh, where God is basically calling out the nation of Israel for their backsliding. And he says in verse 15, he says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with uh, knowledge and understanding. And so um, as pastors, we are called to feed the flock. We are called to give them the word of God. I, what I do at my church, I remind our folks, is that my job with the Lord's help is to give you both the milk of the word, which is some more some of the more simple basic things of the word of God, and the meat, which is something that's maybe a deep thought, something that we can ponder, something that we can apply. And if you get the meat and the milk of the word in one service, you're well fed. That's that's what that's something that our folks really enjoy uh, as far as as far as that identity. But again, so we are pastors. We are to uh, give them knowledge and understanding of the word of God. We are to uh, uh, be, obviously be a part of careful study of the word of God. To as the uh, book of Second Timothy says, to rightly divide the word of truth. It, it is our job to do that, not just as pastors, but uh, Christians in general. Uh, but there's a lot more that could be said. Uh, there, but just to start us off on our podcast tonight, I figured it would it would make the most sense for those that are desiring to be a pastor to find out what it is and maybe what it's not. And so we know what uh, culture expects out of us as men of God to preach and be a pastor, and we know what the Word of God has to say as well. That God has His own set of expectations, His own set of qualifications for who the man of God should be. And so hopefully this has helped somebody, maybe to give you some more um, uh, more of a foundation, if you will. Uh, to uh, find out if that's some some way somebody that you can be uh, as as a pastor. Um, so yeah, we know what culture expects, and we know and we know what God expects, which is far uh, far more, makes us far more accountable to know that God has some expectations for the pastor as well. Yeah, Amen. All right, so that's the definition of what a pastor is. Um, you know, I'm I'm 36, right? And, uh, and me and brother Josh have talked about this many times is I have a heart and I have a burden for young people or even old people that, you know, under the preaching of God's word, God gripped their heart and they felt like the Holy spirit was really giving them a burden to preach. And, you know, whether that's, um, to be a soul winner, because I think I think most people, um, that's where that's where you should focus your calling on, no matter what form of preacher you want to be, or or think God's you know telling you you should do, you know you should you should be a preacher first and foremost to the world, you know go into all the world and preach the gospel, and you don't have to pastor a church to preach the gospel, um, so I would say I would say first and foremost if God is really tearing on your heart to do something for him start where you're at you know um i, I think of of starting a business right i own a, a business called super green lawn care and it makes the most monetary sense for someone who's starting a business from the ground floor to look at who are the closest proximity people to you that that you can uh, uh sign up for your lawn mowing that's what we do we do lawn mowing we do fertilizer so then, um, for example, my wife and I and our kids, we went for a drive over this weekend for the Josh, and uh, we found a uh, a church building for sale that came with a house, and they were only asking 135 grand for this thing. And so I was thinking, you know, we were already talking about buying a house, 
But then also, you know, the fact that my my budget is 150 grand to find a house for 135 grand that has a well-maintained church that has, um, you know, probably can seat 100, 150 people in there. Very nice condition. It has um, a uh, like a banquet hall. It's got several offices, several Sunday school rooms. You know, it's a pretty good good size facility. It's got parking, and then it has a big storage uh, building behind with a, a garage door. And so we drove by and looked at it because I said, well, this is perfect in many different ways. You know, um, a, as a pastor who has started a church from from the ground up myself, talk about myself here. Um, I, I want to be a blessing and give back to God because God has blessed me. And if that means that I can just pay for whatever, if I can just pay for the church building or just just pay for whatever we need through money that God has blessed me with in my lawn care business, that's a burden of mine. That's something that I allow God to speak to me through. And so I thought, well, this is awesome because I can buy this house for 135 grand. And then we have this huge church building. Well, it went on the market and it was sold the very next day. And um, I think that's very interesting. The moral of this story is that God speaks to us individually in different ways. And God knows me. God knows me. I'm ambitious. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to do everything now. And so. God shut that door hard, fast. The, with less than 24 hours later, we saw it. It was listed at like seven o'clock p.m., and then it was it was already pending at like 11 o'clock the next day. And I'm like, because I had, I had called a realtor and I said schedule us to get in there. We were supposed to go in like two or three days later. She called us back the very next day and said, "Hey, hey, it's it's already pending. They've already put down their earnest money and everything." <laughs> I said, well, you know, praise the Lord for that. Um, but but it's it's a come back to um it's a burden of mine to talk to young preachers who they don't have direction in their life and they don't know where to go. And I, I think I'm a unique person in the fact that I started up my own lawn care business. I don't think I don't think many people just start a business, right? Like, well, what am I going to do for money? I don't know. Let's just go start a business. Like, people just don't think like that. So I, I get it. I'm kind of a, a rare bird. But um, but but to you that's listening to our podcast, wherever you're at in the world, right? I think our last podcast we had seven listeners. Okay, so if you're one of the seven, okay, wherever you're at in the world. Uh, I don't care where you're at. God can use you, right? Um, but but what are you going to do? Are you going to go to Bible college? Um, are, you know, like, you know, did are, are you sitting in your church, right? You just heard a, a really good sermon this past Sunday, and God says, I want you to go serve. Um, where are you? And And what's the next step for you? What's the next step? There's hurdles. There's challenges. Um, and so that's kind of an open-ended question because I want to hand that off to you, Brother Josh. What are some hurdles and challenges that, that someone who feels a call could feel right now in their present condition? I, I suppose that it could start with just looking for uh, a chance because after all, is it not true that if you know you, a, a young man can desire to be a pastor, but it's really up to, uh, from a human standpoint, it's up to a church to you know take up a vote and for the vote to be uh, successful according to uh, constitution yeah. standards. So that that's, that's where a lot of frustration can come from. I, I know in my, I, and since you mentioned a story of yours, I'll mention a story of mine. I was, um, 
for probably two, the first two years of, of my wife and I's marriage, I was handing I was handing out resumes and was sending them out to be an associate. I thought I was going to be one of those guys who was going to be a second man for the rest of my life. I, I had no a- ambition or desire or not. I shouldn't say desire, um, but I just didn't feel like I was supposed to be a pastor. I felt, well, that's uh, that's got to be up to somebody else. So I had uh, spent some time for about two years um, sending out resumes to be an associate. And uh, we go up to uh, Michigan, not far from uh, not far from Lansing area, and uh, they invited us to come and check out the church and whatnot. And um, we were there for like a week. We got a chance to really know the pastor and pastor's wife well, the people and the youth group and the area and all that. And uh, on one of those nights, he kind of pulled me aside in his office, and we were just chatting about the ministry and stuff. And he asked me, and again, this was a younger guy too. This was a fella, a pastor of a church in his upper 20s at that time. I think this would have been probably some six years ago. So I was probably 23 when I was there. And he was asking me, he said, uh, uh, just out of curiosity, have you ever considered uh, sending out resumes in Canadian pastor church? And I said, I don't think so. I don't think I'm uh, ready for that. I don't think that I'm qualified for that. I don't think it's my time. I was giving him whatever you know speech I wanted to give him. And yeah. uh, he just uh, he just looked at me and said, well, just give it some thought. Give it some consideration. Lo, lo, lo and behold, the next day, uh, you know, the speech came and said, you know, I, I don't feel that this is uh, the Lord's will, but we love to have you and all that. So then we went back on our way. We went back home. And so, you know, my wife and I were having that conversation and we're talking, is, is it possible that churches are passing on us because God wants me to pastor somewhere? That that can't be right. You know, and so uh, I I was guilty of one of being one of those that told myself, I'm too young to pastor a church. There's guys that, you know, they can be in their 30s, 40s, whatever, and that's perfectly fine age. But here I am, 23, 24, whatever. I'm too young. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been a youth pastor for a couple, you know, three years, but that's about it. You know, that that's really not where I'm supposed to be. And the Lord Mm -hmm. was just working on us to basically solidify that, hey, listen, I'm the one that calls you or calls anybody a man of God to be a pastor. Don't don't t- sell yourself short on the fact that just because you have youth and just because you're young that you can't pastor a church. I, I'm reminded in First Timothy four, uh, where uh, uh, the Apostle Paul was writing to, to Timothy. He was talking to Timothy, Timothy there, and he says, "Let no man despise thy youth." In other words, don't let these other outside resources or outside. Uh, um, family or friends or whoever, don't, don't let them speak into your mind and tell you that you're too young to uh, fulfill God's will, assuming that it is uh, the role of the pastor. And so uh, I had to come to that conclusion. And for, for you guys that are wondering if you can pastor a church, I I would say one of the things that you can just, just about surely pinpoint as to finding out if that for sure is God's will for your life, you will almost instantly become a visionary in the sense you know, Michael, you just displayed how you were looking at a property. Oh man, this would be great to get this yeah. property and yeah. to see what God can do. And I'm guilty of it myself when I go to my church building and I see the property we're not using. You, you know, it's like, oh, we, we you should look at the property we are using. But then us pastors, we look at what we're not using. We want to get bigger and go on. So, yeah. you know, if, if you're sitting there and you're like, I wonder, if, I wonder if God wants me to pastor. If you can almost have this vision that, and and, and it's really oftentimes what God gives you is you, God gives you that vision that this is what God can do, even if you can't physically see it yet. Uh, that's something not everybody has, as you just alluded to a minute ago. Not everybody has a vision to do something they can't see with their physical eyes and just be gung-ho and say, all right, let's go ahead and jump in on this. 
And um, that, that's, that's really important as well, because, for, you know, it, God doesn't make any mistakes. We know that. And that includes that sometimes for us young guys, he will give us that vision and say, this is exactly what your ministry could be, you know, given that, you know, you're faithful, given that you preach uh, my word and that your people will grow and that they'll learn to follow you and learn to follow me, all those other things. And this is what your ministry could look like. And that, that vision, visionary type of uh, um, way of seeing things uh, is something that keeps me going. I know it's something that keeps you going and us young pastors going like, you know, it's, it's not there now. Things might be rough now. You know, maybe the bills are, maybe, maybe the church is having a hard time paying the bills right now, whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But God knows the future. He's already there. All we have to yeah. do is just be faithful to follow. And he may give that to us in time. And I, I want to jump in on on something here. You you make me think of okay, if if you're a young guy and you have a lot of ambition, you're going to intimidate a lot of people. Um, you know, one thing about old pastors or old or just old people in general is we don't like waves, right? I say we. I'm not old. I'm 36. Okay, but old people. I try to empathize with everyone. Old people, as a generalized statement when when they go for a boat ride okay you see the really old people as a general rule in speedboats flying across waves no you don't you see old people in their in in like a really tiny pond in a rowboat barely moving glassy top water fishing and sitting there and casting out the worm and the bobber and just sitting there, maybe even dozing off and taking a nap in the boat, like all afternoon. When I was, when we were kids, my parents went through some struggles financially and we found ourselves as a family living with my grandpa and grandma out on the farm up in Northern Michigan, up in Alpena, Michigan. They lived so far out in the country on a dirt road. It was called Indian Reserve Road because it used to be, <coughs> pardon me, used to be an, uh, an Indian reservation. This was old swampland that the government didn't want, the Indians didn't want. And so my grandpa my grandpa, or when when his dad immigrated from Poland, uh somewhere in one of those world wars to escape all the, the fighting and whatnot, uh he got land cheap up there in northern Michigan, and trust me, it is cold. Um but but this, what I want to tell you though is is when we moved there, my grandparents were all, already in their late seventies, approaching their eighties, and my grandma used to have this stick that she'd prop up to to hold the old stove door closed. Right, we called it the stove stick, and uh, and and if we were roughhousing, you know, running up and down, uh, we had this huge, probably a. a how long was that hallway from one end of the house to the other end of the house? It was a very long ranch style home. My grandpa actually built this house with his own hands, uh, uh, timbering woods uh, that he owned. Uh, anyways, it was a very long hallway, probably, you know, 50, 60 feet long. And we'd race each other down one end and race to the back. Of course, you know, pushing each other and elbowing each other, running into walls, knocking picture frames off the walls, you know, <laughs> My grandma, my grandma had the most beautiful china in a, in a china cabinet. And all oh my word, uh, if if you ever broke one of those things, she threw a fit. But she'd grab that stove stick and she would chase us around the house trying to whoop our butts for being too rowdy and for making too much noise. And at a certain point, 
um, you know, if we were too loud or she couldn't get her nap because old people, they have to have all these naps, right? Uh, at a certain point of us living there, at a certain point, we'd have breakfast and then we were kicked out of the house the rest of the day. We were invited back in for lunch and then back out until it was too dark to see. Then we were invited back in. I thought, what? What are we dogs? Barn cats? What are we here? We're not. We're not allowed in the in the house because we're too loud. But old people. My point is that old people like things just to be old and musty and peaceful. Don't rock the boat. Uh, if if you are a young preacher and your pastor is 60, 70, 80 years old. His people have been members with him for years and they adore him. He's like the grandpa of the church, right? Um, if you're a young preacher and you're gung-ho and you've been you've been listening to preaching CDs, there's going to be people in your church that will not like you because you're you're going to seem obnoxious or loud. Oh, what well, we can make him the youth pastor and they can take teenagers on activities, right? But, you know, if you press that pastor too hard, like, hey, pastor, why aren't we going soul winning? Or, or hey, pastor, you know, I've, I surrendered my life to preach. Can I preach in front of church sometime? If you push too hard, eventually you're going to push yourself right out of that church. And uh, I've experienced that in my own life. You know, we had a church that we were members of. And, and you know, I, Brother Josh, you would agree, and other preachers, you would agree that the more... The, you, the more you catch fire for God, the more you want to do, the more you want to serve, the more you want to say, hey, you know, can we do this? Or, hey, you know, can can I do this? You know, I think this would be a, a huge blessing to the church. Can we do this? You know, when you're young, you've got tons of energy. Um, And so as a young preacher, but I want to I want to come back to my point, though, of sure. uh, of of what what would you do? Where would you tell a young guy to go? And I, I think the first place I would tell him to go to is go to Bible college. What would you say? If he's if he's got a call in his life, if he's not too, like, set where he's at, where he's, you know, middle-aged and got a business or other things that he's got deeply planted roots, I, I think my first recommendation would be, dude, go to Bible college and, and go find a wife and go get some go get some training. What would you think? That That's my first recommendation too. And uh, some of that is to, again, go back to that verse in Jeremiah that we are to give knowledge and understanding. And it's hard to give knowledge and understanding to your congregation if you haven't already been trained and schooled on, on, the, on the Bible, right? So, it, but then the other thing is some of it has to do with churches don't look very favorably on a guy that doesn't have a Bible college degree. I mean, if we're just mm -hmm. being honest, that's just kind of, yeah. you know, the, when, when they look for that on the resume and they see, all right, this guy's sending his resume to come candidate. Oh, I don't see a, I don't see a degree on here, you know? So this guy must be kind of a novice, doesn't know what he's talking about. And they just kind of push you aside. It shouldn't be that way. Cause I mean, I mean, how many, how many fellows uh, in the Bible went to Bible college? Now, again, they didn't really exist back then. They were kind of like just schools and seminaries, but but in terms of the Bible colleges that we know, those those things didn't exist back in Bible times, and yet we see guys like Apostle Paul being considered one of the greatest missionaries and preachers of all time. How much education did he have? He had some, but in terms of what we know, um, churches are just looking at that, and they say, well, this guy needs to have a degree, otherwise we aren't going to look at him. So that, that has something to do with it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things when we're talking about the older generation, you know, it's 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 really not an indictment on them. We're, we're not trying to, you know, put them down and say, well, you guys are just too slow and 
you just don't want to do anything. But also because I think we find ourselves in, in not just in churches, but just everywhere that we're just creatures of habit that as soon as, you know, there's a threat in like what you were talking about in the sense that there's a young guy coming in, he's ambitious, he's, he's on fire. He wants to do more. And Mm -hmm. for an older pastor, an older congregation, it's a, it's a little bit intimidating. It's, you you don't know, you don't really know what to do with that. Um, just because, you know, they're, again, they're older and, and, and what comes with age naturally is just, you just slow down a little bit and you just don't do quite as much, you know, certainly for many older folks, they have such mental clarity and they're so sharp mentally, but physically their bodies just don't, don't, uh, want them to do quite as much. And I've yeah. known, I've, I've known saints of God over the years, 60 plus 70 plus, uh, that if their bodies would just let them, they would work like a 30 something year old. I mean, they, they would, they would go to task and they would really uh, be out there knocking on doors and soul winning and discipling people, uh, in their in their older age, but their body simply just will not let them as 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 the circle of life tends to be. So, you know, it it it, it can be frustrating, but at the same time, as as a young pastor myself with a somewhat older congregation, I know my folks are watching, so I'm going to be nice to them that they're not they're not that old. But but that you know it, it's it, so but that uh, but that uh, you know it can be frustrating simply because you want to do so much and yet you know the 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 desire might be there from your congregation. Oh yeah, let's let's do this. But then, yeah. you know, uh, the physical bodies don't want to do it. Or maybe if you're like if you're like my church, which is very rural, you have folks driving 30, 40, 50 minutes to church every Sunday. They can't be there for everything because it's such a long drive that 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 can also be a factor. But it, for, for young guys that are looking for a start to, in, in a long way of answering your question, you know, what should what should young guys do to start out? Bible college is where they should start. I, rec- I, I recommend at least one year, although, you know, going for four years certainly helps more. Uh, but just to get a solid foundation, to get a solid foundation of the Bible, to be able to, uh, you know, take now. Now I'm I'm probably different because I didn't I didn't get a chance to take like hermeneutics and homiletics. So I'm kind of behind on you know how some, some preachers are able to have that class. But to be able to have oh, classes yeah. like that, uh, to be able to help with your delivery of your sermon, to be able to uh, to to help you so that you can bring a message that's going to uh, have. Uh, the Holy Spirit all over it, so that you're 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 preaching not just you know lip service, but you're actually helping your people. And, and yeah. Bible college helps with that tremendously. So that 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 for certain for me is the first place I would go. But but also understanding that Bible college doesn't qualify a man. I I don't believe so anyway. Bible college simply helps with knowledge and understanding and being able to meet be more prepared. But God yeah. ultimately calls the person. And uh, you could you could go to Bible college for ten years and still be a, a, a mediocre preacher at that. Yeah. As long as God has called you to do it, that's really all you need to be able to go out and pastor a church. Uh, from that standpoint, is, is is how I see it. But definitely, Bible college helps. I, I definitely uh, wish I could have. I want to be careful of how I say it, but you know that that I, I wish I would have had a little bit more education. It would have taken more time. You you you, you watch certain pastors and you're. Uh, watch well, and you're listening to them, and you you know you wish you yeah. had the earthly you you wish you had the wisdom of a Clarence Sexton or yeah. the power of a Kenny Baldwin or the storytelling yeah. ability of John Jenkins. You know some of these pastors that yeah. you really look up to, and you mm-hmm. you, you just got to also learn to be yourself too behind the pulpit. Yeah, and and that desire for more knowledge, I think, it shows a great deal of maturity. And I'm 36 now. I already said that, but man. since age 28 i feel like i've doubled in maturity every year since age 28 
And now I'm almost doing things intentionally to look older or to feel older or whatever. Um, man, I saw this funny thing on Facebook like a week or two ago. I think it was a lady. She said something like, I don't mind wearing like an old lady's jacket anymore or carrying an old lady's purse just because like the young kids won't, won't be tempted to steal it. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, it's kind of like what they tell you when you're younger. They say the older that you get, the more you're going to cherish speaking to your dad, having conversations with your dad, the more that that preacher who was a mentor to you back when you were in high school or that college professor back at college that maybe you didn't get along with that great is you, you look back on it almost as as a term of endearment. You know, when I got out of Bible college, I was 22 years old. And I have a lot of enthusiasm now. I, I I would like to see what I what I was like back when I was 22 because I don't think I would be able to believe it, you know. But because I, I would think, man, what's wrong with that guy? He's a nut, you know. Um. So so now when I see these really young preacher boys, 22, 23, you know, that's young for us, isn't it? Um, and they just have so much energy and so much passion and so much drive and so much enthusiasm that a, a lot of people look at that and, and they don't know what to think. They think he's, he's a rookie, you know, he's a hothead, he's impulsive. So he's going to impulsively make bad decisions. And I reflect back on now that, you know, why did it take me so many years for me to be a pastor? And it was because I had some growing up to do, you know, years ago when I was traveling all around, man, I went to so many different churches candidating and there was really nice people and I had a really good time. And I was just so confused because I knew that I had so much potential for the Lord to serve the Lord. And I had so much energy and enthusiasm and I'm, you know, yes, God, you build the church, but I'm going to be right there building it, building it with you, you know, like, let's go, let's go so every day, let's go. And, and uh, again, this is the, this is the mild me. This is the mildest I've ever been. But, um, but I look back on it now and, and what I realize is that what people are really looking for is they're looking for a man who is more like uh, peaceable, who's calm, who has a long pedigree. You know, like the perfect pastor for most churches in their minds is is a silver-haired 60 to 65-year-old man who's not old, but he's not young. And he's been around the block a time or two, and he's built great churches, and 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 he knows the Bible inside out. And, uh, and you know, the older that I get, the more I feel humbled that God would even use me. And, uh, I think I, I, I don't know if I told you this or not. I've had so many conversations here recently, but I've been binge reading my Bible here recently. And I've been having a hard time preparing my sermons just because I'm just humbled at, at, at the ability that God has given me to serve him. And I don't think I can consume enough. I don't think I can get enough scripture. Now I'm in the new Testament. I'm actually almost done with the new Testament. Only got three more books to go. But uh, and I just started reading it just a few days ago. Of course, the New Testament's kind of a kind of a short book, 
But my wife said to me the other day, like, how do you, how do you, how do you read through the Bible so quickly? Or like, what gives you that desire? Well, again, that's just my personality. I have a lot of drive. <laughs> you know, when I set my mind to something, it's like, let's go. Um, but you know, the New Testament is amazing how the different passages all tie together throughout the different books of the New Testament. And uh, but but I want to come back to if you're if you're a young preacher, what I'm what I'm really wanting you to hear listening to this or if, you know you you've surrendered your life to be a pastor what i want you to hear from this is that i'm a pastor brother josh is a pastor and we have in our stage of life we have frustrations of our own and but 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 one of the things that you're going to have to deal with is number one what are you going to do you've got the call of god on your life you need to go to bible college let me let me jump into some of my notes that i think can, can be a blessing to you and then I've got a I've got another story for you too. You're gonna like, but um, you're gonna hear a lot of negativity. Uh, you know, as soon as as soon as you tell people, hey, you know, God broke me down, and and I really feel like God wants me to be a pastor. You're gonna hear a lot of people say negative things about pastors. You know, like oh, all pastors are just in it for the money, or or, or like I'm an IFB preacher. What is an IFB preacher? It's 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 a title that I claim independent fundamental baptist it describes the, the way that i view the bible and and the way that i live my life and the standards that i choose to live by and so and oh well ifb you know there's a bunch of perverts in the ifb you know for for the handful of perverts there's hundreds of thousands of good men who aren't you know but it's just one of those things that you hear if you're no matter what denomination you you come from if you're a catholic oh my word how much you know how much junk is there in that religion you know they murdered baptists for thousands of years don't you know that but you're going to hear a lot of negativity and uh, just be prepared for that i remember um um to to this day i still have some of the same mentors that i had many years ago and and all those guys would all tell me like are you sure that you want to be a pastor because it sounds great and i know you enjoy coming to church and and you're plugged in i get that and i love that but man there is a high turnover rate for pastors who they don't feel appreciated because they're not they don't feel like they have anybody they can talk to because you know what us pastors we care more than you think we've got huge gigantic hearts and we wear them on our sleeves sometimes I'm guilty of that. I should I should have thicker skin when people say negative things to me. And and it's just one of those things, you know? You have to have really thick skin when you're a pastor because people are always going to be fighting you. The devil is always going to be fighting you to quit. So so my first point was recognize the why. Right? This is kind of like, you know, what we say in 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 the business world is is your your why has to be greater than anything. And and if you have the wrong why, then you're not going to keep on doing it. Why do you want to be a pastor? How and where were you called? And, you know, what's your purpose? What do you think you're going to do, uh, you know, as a pastor that, you know, can God use that? Obviously, he can use it, but I mean, but can he use you, right? Um, or or do you just want to be a preacher? You know, there's so many avenues. There, Like, there's a lot of really good churches that do not have enough workers. And if you're at a church right now and you feel like there is zero opportunity for you to serve, you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong church because God didn't save us 
to sit. God God saved us to serve. That's our great commission. And if you're in a church that won't let you do a single thing, get out, man. Get out. You know, when I was a boy, <coughs> I never understood why people would flock all the way across the, the, the country. They take their whole entire family to move all the way up to Gaylord, Michigan. That's where I was born and raised to go to Pastor John Jenkins Church up in Gaylord, Michigan. Why would all these families come all the way across the country? It's because there's a place that you could serve. You know, I went to college at Hiles Anderson. You know, I met my wife at Hiles Anderson and I married her and, and her family came from North Carolina and they all decided to move up to Northwest Indiana because their dad felt like this was the place where his family could get plugged in and serve. If you're in a dead stagnant church, there might not be an opportunity for you there. And so you need to get, I'm preaching now, aren't I? <laughs> but, but figure out your why. The first thing is, 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 was why God, why have you chosen me? Right. And, and figure that out. Um, but there's many opportunities to preach. You don't have to be a pastor to preach. Uh, there's bus routes, jail ministry, homeless shelter, nursing home ministry, not to mention everyday soul winning <coughs> that you're not going to step on anybody's toes. You know, most pastors are going to say, yeah, go do that. Yeah, go do that. Yeah, go do that without feeling like. You're trying to steal their church to try to take over their church. Um, here's my story I wanted to tell you. I was just on the phone with uh, with a preacher, and um, if if you follow me on Facebook, you can see I've uh, been having some battles here re recently with people who have just just come out of the woodwork to attack me. People like I've never even met before, but I spend some time on social media because I want to be a blessing to others, encourage people. And uh, man, there's some really negative people on the internet. I'm telling you. But uh, Bible says, go ye into all the world, right? And at, back then they didn't have the internet, but that includes the internet. And uh, so anyways, and, and I've, been, I've, been, I've been asking myself lately, God, why is the devil attacking me so hard? You know, did, it, did I ask to have thin, thicker skin? <laughs> you know, did I pray for patience? You know, what's going on? But, but I've had three phone, well, correction, four phone calls in the past two weeks. And this one phone call, made me recognize and, and I was so thankful to God for it because here's a young preacher who he sees my ministry that we're doing here, Vision Baptist in Fort Wayne. And, uh, and he says, Hey brother, let me tell you what I'm going through. And I'm not going to say any names. You, nobody will know him anyways, but he, uh, he surrendered his life to be a, a pastor and he served as an assistant pastor there at his home church for two years and there he ran the children's program, but he, he just he just felt like God wanted him to to move on and move up to where he could serve more. So then he moved moved over to the East Coast. Uh, I think it was Maine, I believe, was the state. And he served in a church for, you know, three or four years there. And the pastor did plug him in. He said, great, you can be a bus captain. Great, you can be a Sunday school teacher. But... Uh, those of us who are pastors know you need more than that. You need opportunities to preach. And uh, anybody can be a bus captain. Anybody can be, uh, you know, a Sunday school teacher, uh, which, I mean, I, I do believe there's great, there's great value in staying somewhere and just serving for a period of time because the Bible has examples of that. But anyways, he, again, didn't feel like, didn't feel like he was plugging in there. Then he got a phone call from a pastor over in Colorado. And, the, and he said, brother, 
this is so-and-so in, you know, pastor in Colorado. And uh, the Lord spoke to me last night and he says, great. Well, what did the Lord say? The Lord said, you and your family are going to be moving <laughs> over here to Colorado. And uh, I'm laughing about that because personally, I think that's ridiculous. You know, you may think differently, but I think, well, I mean, I could say the same thing to you. I could say, you know, the Lord just spoke to me, actually. And the Lord just said, that man's a liar. You need to come to Fort Wayne and be my assistant pastor. But, um, but, uh, but anyways, and then, so he goes back to his home church and here's my point. He gets back to his home church. And at this point, his, his original pastor, whom he, you know, he, he, he'd surrendered to be a pastor underneath him. He went to seminary, he graduated, he got his degree and everything. The pastor now has dementia and the pastor doesn't remember who this man is. He just knows, oh, this, here's a young guy who wants to serve the Lord with his family. Great. And so he allows him to teach the children's program. Well, in the meantime, there's been some some rumors circulating in this church that here's here's a here's a lay pastor that has moved from another church, and uh, and and he's just here to steal the church. You know, young men and pastors who are listening to this, you are going to have people say all kinds of miserable things about you that just are not true. He asked me, "What should I do?" And I said, "What did the Holy Spirit tell you to do? Get out of there." get out of there the people are not open to you they're not receptive to you you need to keep on searching sometimes god shuts doors in our faces and if you're truly called to be a pastor move on move on to the next one so i said what are you going to do he says well i think i'll stick it out for another three months and pray about it i said well don't put a time constraint on the holy spirit if the holy spirit spoke to you and told you to be a pastor then let the Holy Spirit speak to you. If you walk into that, that church building next Sunday and you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to about facing out, then you better leave. Don't don't tell the Holy Spirit no. Um, Go ahead, Brother Josh. You look like you're going to yeah. say something. No, well, I, yeah, the, I had a couple, I suppose I had a couple things circulating through my mind. I, I do think that there are, it's interesting because there are plenty of churches with older pastors that do have, a little bit of a hard time letting go. And yeah. it's hard to it's hard to understand that. The only explanation I can come up with is that they have I guess told themselves that it's their church. You know, you, you have you, you have a situation where, you know, uh an older pastor brings in a younger guy from Bible college or something and um, yeah. gives him a promise or something. I've heard of this happen before. I you know, and they'll say something like, "Well, I'd like for you to come and be my uh, associate for a year or two and then after that uh, I'll step aside, I'll resign, and then you'll take over. But then what happens sometimes is that um, the church catches on fire. Maybe it's growing. There's new families there. Things are happening. And then by the time this one-year or two-year deadline comes up, and the young fellow's like, all right, my time's about to come. They're going to they're gonna vote me in. Pastor's going to resign. He's going to uh, be supportive, whatever. And he feels like his time's coming. Then the older uh, pastor comes to him. Well, you know what? Let's put that off for a little bit. I've gotten a second wind here. I want to keep going a little bit longer and so forth. And then the young fellow's kind of, you know, somewhat disappointed. Uh, well, I'll just, maybe I'll just wait a little bit longer, but then sure enough, the devil um, gets a hold of him and, and discourages him and maybe gets out of ministry potentially. So I, I think, I think, you know, and again, I, I don't want our listeners to think this is an indictment on older pastors. We all old folks that are older and younger. We all do stupid things in ministry. But I, I think the idea is that let's not be afraid to let 
it's a, a younger person, a young man that wants to preach for the first time just to get his legs underneath him, just to get his feet wet, so to speak. You know, he'll he'll fumble a little bit delivering his outline or he'll fumble a little bit trying to say something behind your your pulpit, as they might say. Uh, yeah. it's, it's some kind of reputation that we have to hold up. Well, if I if I if, if word gets out that I let some kid come behind my pulpit and preach and he did a terrible job, you know, things are, and it's just we get so possessive sometimes it's right. because, you know, some people are stay somewhere so long. This is pastors, but this is also lay people. They get yeah. they, they they stay at a church for so long, thirty years, forty years, and things start to change and things start to progress to a point where younger people are starting to get more involved in ministries. They feel <laughs> like they're being pushed out, and and more egregious than that, they feel like they're like, okay, I you you mean to tell me I need to step back and let everybody do what I've been doing for thirty, forty years, and, and so they they feel threatened by that. So it, it's something where I think it's possessiveness that we we feel as though we have to cling on to, we have to clutch onto what we've been doing for so long, and uh, pastors and lay people alike, because uh, you know we're again creatures of habit. We we don't like change, um, but even if it's good change, we just simply don't like it. We 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 like what we have, we like what's going on. And so that's just a, a pride thing. That's just a mentality where we ask the Lord, you know, help me to be open to things. Help me to be open to your will, even if it's something that I would rather not see. But maybe you, maybe, in other words, maybe you know something that I don't. You know, his ways are higher than our ways, Isaiah says. And, and maybe we just need to get a hold of that. Um, pastors and lay people, uh, both. So I know, I know a pastor. Is He's um, um, one of my good friends, his dad. He candidated for 40 years or more before he finally found a church that would accept him. Um, I, I would say, I would say, at my advice to a young preacher is like, like Brother Josh just said, keep an open mind. Number one, get prepared, get prepared. You know, the Bible says, be instant. In season, out of season, let every man uh, be ready to give an answer, right? So get in your Bible. Um, probably the greatest uh, advice I ever received as a young preacher was get just get in your Bible. Just get in your Bible. You know, uh, we travel a lot. We go to different preaching conferences and, and we hear great men of the faith stand up and preach until their whole life ministry. And it's it's convicting. It's amazing. It's uh, you know, it's just, wow, what a powerful pastor. And, and as a younger pastor, I don't have all those stories. And so, you know, I just, let's just read the Bible. Let's just read the Bible. Um, but I, be prepared. If you want to be a pastor, if God is telling you to be a pastor, be prepared for the challenges. Your challenges are going to be, here you go. If you don't go to Bible college or you just go for a year, you're going to have a very difficult time finding a church that is above 20 people to be your pastor. Now, what's available to you? There will be churches available to you that have one or two people or five, right? Optimistically, five or six, <laughs> less than 10 for sure. And, and they don't have direction and they're desperate. Hey, that might be the perfect place for you. Now, you're going to have to uh, uh, leave your home. And you're going to have to get a U-Haul. And, oh, by the way, when you get there, you're going to have to go work a full-time job because they can't pay you anything. 
And by the way, they're not going to have a parsonage. So, so you're going to work full time and you're going to pay for your own apartment rent or mortgage. That's going to be on you. And, and you're going to be what's called a bivocational preacher. So then I would say, how badly, how badly do you want that? Okay. So that's with very little training and, and very um, limited pedigree, very small reputation. That's what's going to be available to you. Number two option, um, probably a little bit higher up on the scale is you can go find a very reputable church that is willing to take you on as an assistant pastor and do that. Be prepared to do that for like 20 years before you eventually move up into a more senior position, right? It takes a long time to develop reputation and trust amongst those people. Um, perfect example, um, personal example, so I got to be careful. Uh, I know a guy that's been at a church now, oh man, at least 15 to 20 years. And he graduated Bible college, or really, he graduated Crown College, I can say that much. And, um, and, uh, we talk all the time and i said i said i said how you doing preacher and he says what do you mean preacher i'm not i'm not a pastor i'm not ordained i'm i'm not even in my church i'm not even a pastor in my church because and i'm like doesn't the pastor trust you you know you've been there for how many years in fact uh their pastor is in the hospital right now and so uh this man that i know is running everything at their church and i'm like and you're not a pastor and you've never been ordained because because they're, they're afraid he's a younger guy you know he has a lot of passion and enthusiasm and and i'm just telling you people have a hard time receiving that so go to bible college that's the best option get a four-year degree then stay there and and see if you can work on staff for a couple of years and build that pedigree and build that reputation if you want to be sent out or recommended to go pastor a huge church that's what you have to do all right and then and then your other options are go for one or two years you know maybe build up a reputation in your home church you know get uh get further preaching opportunities where you're at work on being a soul winner work on being a bible scholar you know work on you work on you um if you want to be a head pastor right now again you may have to move across the country to a church of five people where it snows uh three foot a day okay and you have to work a full-time job and the only job there is mcdonald's <laughs> i've got a personal story i'll tell you about that uh brother josh sometimes we we lived in a place for a whole entire year and the only work my wife and i could get was mcdonald's and i'm a very aggressive person so dude i was putting out resumes and applications every single day and it turned out we were in a tourist tourist town and oh. and and they knew I was a, a Bible college student and, and they were like, well, you know, we, we don't want to hire a pastor kind of a thing. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. so that's, that's just a, a few things that I wanted to say was, was, you know, you can be a pastor right now. There's a church that would take you right now. It may be in the middle of the sticks in the middle of nowhere. Is that something that you're willing to do? Otherwise, if you want a huge, gigantic church, then you have to stay somewhere for a long time. And maybe you don't become that pastor until you're 50 or 60. What do you think about sure. that?
Yeah, well, as far as the the example you gave a second ago about going out somewhere in the sticks, I'll raise my hand. I'm pastoring a church (laughs) out in the sticks, and and I never thought I would. I thought, just like some young guys do, I thought I would get that church that's kind of, you know, inner city, that's big, and that's got all these ministries, got all these young families, and uh, God had to humble me, like, no, why don't you go out amongst all the country folk and uh, people that uh, don't talk like you much or look like you and all that and God had to humble me. And, you know, something that I've experienced, and maybe for some of you young guys that uh, don't mind uh, pastoring a small church, which really, as long as you're open-minded, that, that ought to be on the table anyway. Yes. But uh, but as far as, so think of it this way, and this is what I've experienced. I, I'll, I can speak from pers- uh, personal experience at our church, is that there's something about when the church is growing organically, People find themselves. People find that appealing in your community. Yeah. So what I've learned so far is, to the best of my knowledge, not that I not that I have all the knowledge, but to the best of my knowledge, the other churches in our particular area, which uh, n- none of them are independent Baptist, but whatever they are, none of them are growing quite like our church is growing. Now, you mm. you know, what, one can make an argument, you know, when I started three, a little over three years ago, I had maybe 10 people, which I, so I guess I, I, I went out good. You talk about, you know, single digits. <laughs> I started with 10. I must've did okay. But so, uh, so I started with 10 and we even, yeah. we even lost a family uh, due to COVID. And uh, oh, so no. then it went down a little bit more. And so oh, then, no. uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's another subject for another day, but, uh, we went down a little bit and so, all right, now I'm pastoring 10, you know, most, most Sundays it's less than 10. All right. Now, now we're averaging close to 20. Now I, I know it's not about numbers. You know, some preachers are all about numbers. It's not about numbers, but right. to give, to give kind of a mathematical way of thinking about it, I had less than 10 by the time we came back from COVID stuff in 2020. Yeah. Now we're aver- now two years later, averaging 20. Some could argue that's not a substantial growth. Oh, you went from 10 to 20, not a big deal. But you yeah. find that in, you find that a lot of rural churches, especially, and you find that in the culture we live in, the, 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 the way of living that things are now with mm-hmm. COVID and with different setbacks, that a mm-hmm. church that actually has gained families rather than lost families is a lost commodity. It's something that just isn't happening. And so when word gets around in the community that your your church has actually gained families rather than lost, that can be appealing. And because it's happening organically, it's not something that you're really doing per se. It's just something that's happening based on your faithfulness to the Lord and, and doing the, the amount of witnessing that one can do and just being a an example in the community that it grows organically and all, all with the Lord's uh, guiding and, and uh, leading. And that's appealing because folks are like, that's, that's weird. I, I wonder what's going on at, uh, up at that church, you know, and then they visit for a Sunday and they think this is pretty cool. And so then p- potentially, you know, the Lord works on their hearts and they stay all, all that to be said, you know, we, we obviously challenge every young person. And I think for the, for the majority of our listeners, you know, this is just understood. Yeah, but that it's it's definitely important to remember that this is not just a ra- this is not just another occupation. This is not just another career path. You know, we're not we're not f- we're we're not we're not motivational speakers that just happen to be giving a speech. You know, right? If you're looking for that, uh, for you know whoever's li- if you're looking for that, you know, go get yourself a self help book or yeah. <laughs> or get you some material yeah. on that. Don't go to a church because it, it, the man of God is is put there for a reason to be way more yeah. than just a motivational, inspirational speaker. We have, we have the accountability right. 
to consider and that we're accountable to the Lord as far as the messages that we give. And all messages are good. The entire Bible is good. So, so you know, it, 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 sometimes people, sometimes uh, preachers might worry, what should I preach? The whole Bible is good. So don't worry about preaching a wrong message, you know. But, yeah, amen. Uh, but amen. anyway, so th- those are all things to certainly consider. Yeah, amen. 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 Um, I love what you just said about oh, the whole Bible is good, really. I mean, I'm just telling, telling my brother this the other day, like, man, I get convicted every time I read the next page. I'm like, oh, sure. Lord. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Um, and I think I think what, what we're also conveying here with our podcast is that as a pastor, you have a huge heart and and we are compelled to help people. We're compelled to. Uh, you know, even though like in my nature, sometimes I'm a fighter, right? And it's in my nature to fight. But but even if even if someone says something really nasty to me, in my head I think I'd like to clock him. But I think, well, if that was a sincere question, how could I answer that? You know, could I persuade him? You know, and, and that's what the apostles did in the New Testament. Time and time again they were faced with people that didn't want to hear their message. And and Paul would always say, if I could persuade one, if I could persuade two, if I could convince you, or if I could turn, turn you. And so, and so I think, you know, even if one person hears this and, and it answers some of their questions, like, man, I'm a young preacher and I don't know what to do. And I, I really feel like God has spoken to my heart to be a pastor. What do I do? If you're a young preacher, I'm telling you, quit your job. And go straight to Bible college and work the most menial job ever and pay your way through and live on campus and endure and endure. And you'll have a season of affliction because living on campus is not fun. <laughs> Testify, right? Um, you'll have, you know, people are going to rub you the wrong way and steal your stuff and they, your roommates stink and uh, it's expensive and the food's not that great and you have to deal with people. But it is a good time of uh, preparation to prepare you for adversity, you know. And uh, and I wouldn't trade my experience in my time at Bible college for anything. Because even though after I after I left Bible college, I was like, man, that was a mistake. But, you know, a lot of good came from it. And, and sometimes you don't realize what you gained until years later. And then you look back with you know, <laughs> some of the most, some of the best memories we have were when we were bruised or bloodied or, you know, stories that you have of your family growing up and whatnot. But young preacher, you really don't have a whole lot of options, okay? Either go to Bible college or tell your pastor, pastor, can you plug me in and mentor me and teach me and and take a correspondence school. There's things that you can do online that you can get a degree online. And if you're not plugged in where you're at, then get out of there and go get plugged in somewhere where a pastor like Brother Josh or myself will definitely take you. Man, I told a preacher the other day, I said, Brother, I said, I said, I, I, you need to, you just need to come to my church, right? If you want to preach, I will let you preach every service, okay? You think it's easy. Oh, man. You know how many hours I put into like one sermon? <laughs> It's like hours upon hours. Not that I couldn't just wing together a three-point outline. And, you know, sometimes we do. You were saying uh, just a minute ago that the whole Bible is good. Brother, sometimes the week is so long, and I'm guilty of it. I'm sure we've all done it. Where five minutes before the service starts, you're thumbing through your Bible like, man, I need... I need something quick, Lord, Lord. And then you read Psalms or Proverbs. (laughs) And, and, And you know what the Lord 
takes his word and through the Holy Spirit speaks to your people and there's tears and there's rejoicing and, and, and people can see your vulnerability. And, you know, it's not the flashiest preachers that God uses. Paul says, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech or knowledge or any of these things. I came to you as a dumb person who said, God, use me, God. Amen. I can't help myself, man. Right. This is but, um, but get out of there. If God, if, if you feel like the door has closed on you, I'm a hard-headed person, okay? And there's been many times in my life where God kept on trying to get through to me. And, and I'm, I'm finally woke up one day and said, oh, oh, okay. Well, you were trying to talk to me the whole time. Okay. And then I just follow God. So get into a church because I promise you there's churches that'll take you. I promise you there's pastors that'll plug you in, give you the, um, the, the training that you're looking for to learn how to preach and get plugged in. And, um, I'll turn it over to you, brother. Yeah. Well, it's it's those Sundays, right, where you're like you said, you're thumbing yeah. through. It's those Sundays where you wish you had that guy that point. All right, come on up, and uh, we're gonna let so and so. He's gonna preach for me today, Un unscripted, unplanned. You know, th those are the days you wish you had it. Um, and, and and that's and that's really so true because you know we're. It, I, I joke around about how that there's nobody that's off limits. I actually, I, the story I got, I ended up calling uh, 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 my first cousin, somebody that um, uh, is uh, my cousin through my dad and his brother. And uh, he's yeah. out in uh, Oklahoma city area and he's just uh, serving at his church. And uh, you know, it, it, talking about somebody that's not off limits. I called him and I was like, Hey, you know, if you and your wife are kind of unsettled where you guys are, or maybe you're looking for more opportunities. Why don't you move up to Pennsylvania? I've got a spot for you and you can uh, exactly right. You know, and nobody's off limits. That, that's the fun thing. I get, I get made fun of for like calling everybody I know and saying, why don't you come move up here? But it's yeah. really, it's really because we're, we're not so, uh, I, I, I want to be careful how I say it, but we're not so prideful to look at our situation and say, you know, I don't want anybody infiltrating my church and messing what messing up what I'm doing here yeah. and, uh, you know, getting something off kilter. No, this is the Lord's church. I, I may be called to be the pastor of the church, but this is his church. And Amen. Let's, yeah, let's just move forward and bring everybody in. Let them preach once I in a know. while or once a week or whatever, and just let, let them go gung ho and just learn basically hands on, you know, Bible college can be, be hands on. Sometimes it's not, but really when you yeah. go to church, it's really hands on because you're, you're going to be given a lot of stuff to do. And that's the best way to learn. And, and we talk about, we talk about different challenges that you're going to face only to, only to say that, you know, at the beginning of our podcast, like here's all these challenges you're going to face only to say that, um, you know, there's no regrets to serving God. There's no regrets. Um, but you just need to make sure that it is actually God's calling for you. And if it is, mm -hmm. then you don't let anything stand in your way because the only thing standing in your way is Satan fighting you. And just fight. You, you may wonder, man, why do some of these Baptist preachers just rip? Because they're always fighting the devil. And right. uh, man, I'm actually rejoicing with right now, man. I'm getting full of it because, you know, and I'm sick as a dog tonight, but just thinking about all the times that God pulled me through you know, I'm in the fire, like getting eaten by the devil. And God's like, I got you, man. <laughs> ah, ah, thank you, God. Thank you for rescuing me. But, um, but man, there's just, man, I mean, I, I'm, I love talking to you, brother Josh, because I, I know we, we've been through the same things, before, you know, that we've been through together, you know, in different times of our lives or whatnot. And, and man, it is a battle. 
you know, it's one thing to have a business, right? I, I own a lawn care business, but it's a whole entire different thing to have a church. And the reason why is because it, there's so many wackos out there who thinks the Bible says things that it doesn't even say. And, and it's always just the devil attacking you. But young preacher, that's what you're in for. You know, if you're going to do it, then by God, do it. And, uh, and man, if you're not where you need to be, then let the Holy Spirit move you and get out of there and go find a place where you can get plugged in. But young preacher, I think, and brother Josh, I think you also said you agreed, start it with Bible college or get plugged in with your current church, get correspondence school. And, uh, anyways, I hope yeah. this was a help to somebody, you know? Yeah. Bible college and, and attending a church and getting, uh, involved in the, the local church. It, it's, it's just another outlet for discipleship for someone discipling you so that they're leading you along, helping you and saying, you know, when a mistake does happen and that, that pastor reels you in and says, Hey, you know, we'll get them next time. Things are going to be fine. God will fix it, whatever. But that, that's, it's just another outlet of discipleship and be willing to be discipled for a while. You know, it's, it's not often that, guys uh, go straight from Bible college to pastoring a church. It, it happens some, but it doesn't happen very often. So you right. know, look for look for opportunities to, you know, of course, send out resumes and talk to folks and, and uh, you know, see what churches may give you a chance. And if it doesn't happen, that's fine. You know, stay where you're at, uh, continue mm -hmm. to get more discipleship, more knowledge, more classes, whatever. And uh, God's going to use that uh, to be able to help you be the best pastor you can be whenever that is, whether it's next year, uh, 10 years from now or next week, you know, just to be able to, yeah. you know, spend that time and really learn as, as much as you can from the word of God. Cause that's, that's really what it amounts to. If, if we're trying to do it in our own, in our own flesh, in our own skin, uh, I, I, I wish I could lie about that. I haven't gone to the pulpit once and have done it in the flesh. I've obviously gone to the pulpit and have just had to do it by myself sometimes without the Lord's help, and it's really uh, just really fallen flat. So we, we we need the Lord's touch nowadays, especially as Thank we're approaching the next year. We really need his help as pastors and potential pastors too. Exactly right. All right, guys. Well, hey, if you got this far in this podcast, you, you've been enjoying it or, or you have a lot of patience or whatnot, but I appreciate you listening so far. And, uh, you know, here's this is a podcast that the devil has been really, really fighting. I came down with the worst kind of pneumonia. I think it was Saturday. Sunday, the the devil fought me the entire day trying to keep me out of the pulpit. I couldn't even sing yesterday. Mm. I just had to kind of like croak through it. And uh, and so, and then tonight we were having some severe technical difficulties trying to record this thing. My phone just said I got 10% battery left. But um, anyways, the devil does not want you to hear this. The devil does not want you to share this. And so for that purpose, I feel compelled to say, if you're listening to this thing, uh, let's get this in front of more people. Because somebody out there in the world needs this. Maybe not you. Maybe not even anybody you share it with. But maybe somebody that you share it with shares it with somebody who does need it. And, and who does need encouragement and support and some some ideas of where to go um but my name is pastor michael bell my church is vision baptist church in fort Wayne, indiana feel free to reach out to me brother josh yeah one last comment brother and then i'll mention yeah. my church and then we'll be done you know yeah make sure folks that are listening to us please lend us a hand since this is you yeah. know we're, we're in the infancy stages of this podcast so bear with us and help us out by if you're watching this on youtube to leave a YouTube right. comment, you know, if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, if you have something that's on your yeah. mind that's pressing and you can't seem to find a preacher anywhere that's talking about it, 
or whatever the case is, or you just want our particular opinions on it, leave a YouTube comment, or if you're watching us on Facebook, leave us a comment on our Facebook pages, our timelines, whatever, and just give us some ideas. Give us some thoughts on what you want to know about so that this, uh, uh, so that this uh, podcast can continue to move forward, continue to grow, uh, not just spiritually, but even numerically to get more folks an opportunity to listen and to be able to right. listen in on what, uh, what we have to say. Not, not that our opinions and our philosophies matter that much, but that it's ultimately we want the Lord to be pleased in all of this and glorified. And, uh, and if we have a little fun with it, that's what we want to do too. But so make sure if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment. If you're listening on Facebook, leave a comment, share with us some ideas on how we can help you and, and some topics that w would interest you. My church is Mount Calvary Baptist church in Farmington, Pennsylvania. For those that, uh, are figuring where in the world is that, you know, it, you could drive by Farmington and sneeze and you wouldn't miss it. I mean, that's how small it is, but um, but, so, but if you're looking for kind of locationally where we're at, we're just about 20, uh, about 20, maybe 25 miles North of Morgantown, West Virginia, uh, about, uh, 45 minutes, miles South of Pittsburgh, PA, whatever case, you know, you can look at it on map. It should be there, but you know, if, if you're nearby, we'd love to help you and, and give you a chance to, uh, speak into your life and just figure out what we can do and figure out what the Lord can do for you. Uh, in either case, whether Brother Mike's church or mine. And uh, we just want to be a help to folks. You know, we, 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 we certainly, it doesn't matter who's listening. It could be someone that's an IFB person like us, or it could be somebody completely different. We want to be a help. We want to be an encouragement. And that's what this podcast is about. And um, so please leave us comments if you're listening and uh, want to uh, have some part in our podcast by giving us topic ideas, you know, so uh, please do that. And we'll certainly give them consideration. I hope that uh, this podcast in particular has been helpful. All right, pray us out, and we'll call call it a wrap. Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given to us to uh, just uh, have an, an, an enjoyable time talking about ministry, an enjoyable time talking about pastors and what pastors are up against and uh, uh, young fellows that are looking to be pastors and that they desire the office of a bishop, and we certainly are grateful for that. There's certainly more preachers that are needed uh, in this uh, in this life that we live, in this culture that we live. We need more preachers. We need more churches. And so we pray that you'd empower each one. Uh, to uh, seek your will. Uh, Lord, again, we know sometimes it may be to be an assistant for a while, or maybe it is to launch out and start a church or pastor a church. Whatever the case is, Lord, we pray that you'd give clarity uh, to each heart tonight uh, that is pondering and, and asking about your will for their life. Uh, even if they're trying to find out which Bible college to go to, there's so many to choose from. Lord, there's so many things that uh, can distract us and really just hinder us from knowing what your will is. And you don't want us to be in the dark. You certainly want to give us your ultimate will for, for our lives. And we pray uh, that you would do just that for each individual listening uh, to our podcast tonight. Lord, our, our, our goal is to use this podcast to honor and glorify you and uh, to be able to speak on things, Lord, that folks are interested in. Lord, we pray you'd help us to do that. And uh, Lord, ev everything that takes place between now and uh, next year and two years from now uh, with, uh, with the podcast potentially still being around, Lord, we want to give you all the honor and glory and praise for all that's being done now and all that's going to be done. And uh, we just pray you'd uh, use, this as, use this time as you will. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.